you love your work? Do you think it's possible? Well, you're about to find out. It's time for 48 Days to the Work You Love with Dan Miller on the 48 Days Online Radio Show. Whether you need a professional tune-up or a work overhaul, this is the program for you. Now, here's your host, Dan Miller. Well, of course you can enjoy your work. Of course you can love your work. Why would you settle for less? Hey, we're going to be talking about how you can move toward that if you're not yet there. If you are already there, congratulations. Stick around. we got a lot of exciting things. You know, even if you're on top of the world, I mean, even if you already love your work, it's certainly not a time to stop learning. I mean, one of the things I enjoy most is the excitement of continued learning, the new opportunities that just present themselves every day. Hey, our sponsor for today is Audible.com. You hear me talk about them a lot. They're regular here. We promote the audiobooks that they allow us to listen to. Have over 150,000 titles in their inventory. You can pull up most any book that I talk about here. I've got our personal recommendation for you here in just a minute based on an interview that I did just recently. I'll be telling you about that. But if you visit audiblepodcast.com slash 48 days, you can get a free first audiobook download if you're not yet a member so we encourage you to do that well lots of things are happening lots of great questions as usual you know before i do anything i've got i've got to go to one thing here just real quick if you are alive on the planet earth you'll recognize there was something that happened just this week yeah there you go you recognize that well a whole lot of us, I think half a, half a billion people, got the entire new U2 album dropped into their iTunes library yesterday. Now, I think that's pretty cool. Being a YouTube fan for years, probably my all-time favorite group of all time. I mean, I think it's pretty cool. Now, you know, hard to believe. I guess not hard to believe. But not everybody was happy about that. Well, we'll stop with that. Not everybody was happy about getting the U2 album put in their library. You know, well, it's just, certainly you can't keep everybody happy. I mean, you could hand out apples with caramel on them, and some people are going to complain about getting their teeth sticky. But, uh it kind of amazes me sometimes how quick people are to voice their criticism for what somebody else did. Now you hear us talk here all the time about people who are doing things that are unusual. I mean, if you're doing what everybody else is doing, yeah, you're not going to get any criticism. If you don't want any criticism, yeah, just do what everybody else is doing. You know, don't say anything unusual. Don't do anything unusual. Don't make any kind of unusual money. Just be normal. That's the best way to not get any criticism. Because as soon as you raise your head a little bit, there are going to be people taking pot shots at you. It just comes with the territory. Be prepared. You better have thick enough skin. Because if you have any kind of success, you're going to have people criticizing. It may be your coworkers, your family members, your first cousin, you know, who shows up at Christmas time, like in family vacation. Yeah, it's just part and parcel of having any inkling of success at all. You're going to get criticism. So, hey, I'm sure you two can handle it. They just got their message out to half a billion people in a unique business relationship with Apple. Part of Apple's announcements they just did this week. Pretty cool stuff. 
I don't like what's going on there. Well, here's some of the things we're going to be covering today in episode number 248. Got to squeeze that in there just because it's a 48. I don't usually announce the number, but happens to be number 248. Started back in December of 2009, I think it was, when we first went from terrestrial radio to the wonderful, wonderful magic of podcasting or online radio, as I like to call it. Well, here's some of the things that we're going to be covering today. Our theme is going to be, what do you expect? Now that's going to be critical because I got a a quotation that kind of unpacks that, but what do you expect? Just think about that for a minute. Here's some of the questions we're going to be covering. Dan, how can I make a wow impression with my resume? How does a person wishing to increase their levels of success deal with social anxiety? Can I leave this problem behind or am I going to be sailing into the wind the rest of my life? That's kind of a neat metaphor, sailing into the wind the rest of your life. Well, in some ways, you better be sailing into the wind. That's where we get to exercise our muscles, our new innovative creativity when we're sailing into the wind. Not when we're just, you know, we, we, we say even a dead fish can float downstream. It's when you're going upstream that you get to build your muscles. So we, we hope you don't get into smooth sailing forever. And somebody says, can I really double my income in the education field? Now, as you know, I put out a challenge a few weeks ago that you could double your income in six months if you spend 30 minutes daily reading or listening to positive material. Again, I'm going to be giving you some some particulars about what you can add to your library for doing that. But I've had a whole lot of people take me up on that challenge. My challenge was, and I put it out just kind of impulsively, but said, hey, if you do that and double your income, I'll take you to lunch because I want to hear what you did. And then I added, if you do that and don't double your income, I'll still take you to lunch because I want to figure out what went wrong in that process. But a whole lot of you have jumped, jumped on the bandwagon for that. I'm delighted that you have. Somebody wants to know, can he double his income in the education field? I'll give you a heads up. Yes. We'll get to that in a little bit. Here's a quotation for today. One of my favorites, one of my son Jared's favorites of all time comes from John Steinbeck who said, it is the nature of man to rise to greatness if greatness is expected of him. Now that plays out a lot when you're in third world countries, as Jared has been, but even just think about the people around you. It is the nature of man to rise to greatness if greatness is expected of him. Think about your interaction with your children or your coworkers or your boss's interaction with you. Are they expecting greatness of you? Are you expecting greatness of yourself? Do you expect greatness of the people around you or do you expect them to be bozos? Well, that has a way of playing itself out. What you expect tends to be what actually appears. Well, I mentioned that today's sponsor is audible.com. And if you go to audiblepodcast.com forward slash 48 days, you can get a free audiobook download. My recommendation for today is platform. Get noticed in a noisy world. That's by my friend, Mike Hyatt. A lot of you are members of Platform University. They've got a new deal going on right now where they're opening up membership opportunities again for Platform University. There are three amazing videos that Michael has created. I had him on a guest on my, as my guest this week on the 48days.net brainstorming session where we talked about dealing with success. We did not immerse ourselves in the specifics technology of how to build a platform. That's why I'm recommending his book. His book tells you how to do that. We didn't go through how to come up with a name, a website, a logo, how to do a blog, a podcast, how to use Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, 
you know, how to use the latest SEO tactics. I mean, th those are all techniques for getting to something. Those are tools, but those are not the end game. Those are tools for getting us to a life that has meaning, a life that's fulfilling and purposeful. So Michael and I talk about that. If you want to go listen to that, those are archived. Just click on the 48 days or Tuesday brainstorming sessions on the 48 days.net site. And you'll see the archived of that conversation that we had. Appreciate Michael and his work, but that's my recommendation platform. Again, you can get that at audiblepodcast.com slash 48 days. Get a free copy of that. If you're not yet a member of audible, got another thing I want to announce, and this is 48 days.com countdown. Now, this is brand new. As a matter of fact, I got the information on it about five minutes ago myself. If you're listening to this on Friday or Saturday or Sunday, you know, it's going to be brand new. But here's what we're going to do. Ashley, my daughter, has just informed me about the details. We've got a unique site that they've created, 48days.com slash countdown. So if you go there, you're going to be the very first ones that are going to hear about this. You'll be the very first ones there. And here's the deal. You're going to be able to get 10 copies of 48 days to the work you love hardback versions autographed by me for $48. Now we've never done this. I'm surprised to see this, but I think it's a cool thing for 48 bucks. You get 10 copies. You're going to get access to a unique landing page and two teleseminars that I'm going to do. Now, part of that has to do with just the overflow of questions that I get for hearing the podcast, where there's no way in the world I can address even a small portion of what comes in. So a lot of that is going to be just overflow where you can ask unique questions for those two teleseminars, but only to those of you who are in that particular group. So again, the site is 48days.com slash countdown, 10 copies or 48 bucks. Now here's what we want you to do. And we're going to have samples in there. Ashley says of letters that you can send to nine of your friends. So get the books, give them the nine of your friends and go through this 48 days challenge together. Now think about the dates that we've got here. The two dates for the teleseminars are October 1st and November 18th. You'll recognize those are 48 days apart. So we're going to start October 10th and we want people to be in at that point. Because by November 18th, I want you to be totally clear on what 2015 is going to look like for you. Don't wait until then to start planning. Don't wait until January 1st. We want you to start this process, 48-day countdown on October 1st. Walk right through that by November 15th. Be absolutely clear on what it is you're going to do what you're going to do at your job, what you're going to do at your sideline business, what you're going to do to start a business, what you're going to do to grow your business, whatever the application you're in now for work that you love. We want you to accelerate. We want to help you increase the success of what you're doing. That's the plan. Again, go to 48days.com countdown. Well, we, we have a, a, a lot of success stories again, as usual, got a couple in the mail here yesterday that I want to read here. This one comes from Maria Maria Johnson, I wanted to send you a note and tell you thank you for your work. I've read 48 days. I'm an avid podcast listener, recommended your books to countless friends and family. I love hearing the success stories of the champions on your radio show. Let me drop down here. I left the full-time regular workforce as a nurse to become independent. I now work as a nurse consultant doing travel assignments on a contract basis, usually 30 days at a time. I've never been happier working as a nurse and I've never had more personal and financial freedom. 
The pay far exceeds my prior salaries and I have total freedom over my life, which is far more valuable than any workplace benefit. Last November, my friend had a jamberry nail party. I tried some samples, bought a set. They had a special deal on Cyber Monday where I could get my consultant kit on sale. So I bought one just for fun. I can't begin to tell you how that has changed my life. I never thought of myself as a salesperson. I tried direct sales twice before and failed because I was too shy and mostly because I didn't know Dan Miller then. Well, because of listening to you and your stories about follow-up, follow-through, and nurture marketing, I've been quite successful at Jamberry. I love growing my business and now I'm enjoying the marketing and networking aspect of it. Although I'm still shy, I now have 24 ladies in my downline and I'm working to promote to team manager. Over the next year, I plan to do less and less nurse consulting and more and more Jamberry. It allows me to follow my passion, have even more freedom. Plus, I get paid to have pretty nails. What woman doesn't love that? Because I love this product so much, I can't help but share it. I've endorsed an accent. I've enclosed an accent nail kit for Joanne, Ashley, and Clara to enjoy. I hope they can have a fun manicure day together. I can't wait to hear about it and see pictures. I'd love to have them post pictures on my Facebook page. Well, thanks, Maria. Uh, And for those of you listening, you recognize Joanne is my wife. Ashley's my daughter. Claire is my granddaughter. So Maria was kind enough to send a kit here of nail. What what do we call them? Um, A manicure, an accent nail kit. So she sent those. I have yet to show it to Ashley and Joanne and Claire. I will do that here momentarily when I finish recording this i'll run into the other room and show them that thanks for much for sharing that and yes joanne is the queen of nails she always gets comments on her nails her nails naturally are just gorgeous and she takes a lot of care of them she just recently we were in the car she showed me a new newest color she has on and she just accidentally i don't know she just mentioned that you know it cost her x number of dollars a month i bought Drove the car in the ditch. I had no idea it cost that much to keep her nails looking like they do. She said, well, would you rather I not have nice looking nails? I said, no, 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 no. Keep them, keep them nice. I just, you know, I thought it was 14 bucks a shot or something. And uh, it's not that, trust me. But I, I appreciate what she does to keep her nails looking so gorgeous all these years of our marriage. Well, got another note from Camila who says uh, she was just here. Uh, Camila was here for our coaching with excellence. What a blessing to get to spend time with both of you. Words cannot describe what Coaching with Excellence did for me. It was as if I needed to hear all of that in person. Attending Coaching with Excellence created action. The atmosphere at the sanctuary is truly inspiring. I have, have had many requests for my photography, but all I did was put it on my to-do list. It was time to start doing. This card is the very first card I made this week. I wanted you to have it because it represents me taking action. Thanks to you. It's my Kinko's referring to the fact that I had the first version of 48 days done at Kinko's. I've already sold three cards and have pending orders. I also have my first paying coaching client next week. He's been a week of, it's been a week of action and I have you to thank for that. I hope you have a fantastic time at Shawshank and I cannot wait to meet you again soon. What's well, a beautiful photo of Buffalo running across the prairie and just a beautiful shot. Thanks Camille. I, I commend you for taking action. Love to hear those stories where somebody's taking action. This one comes from Paul, who says, thanks for being an inspiration. I finally started my podcast thanks to your guidance and references to Pat Flynn and Cliff Ravenscraft. As a registered nurse, I see some very sick people. I have a genuine desire to help people avoid sickness 
and illness. That's why I launched the Hike Healthy Podcast. I got to say that again. It's hard to say. The Hike, H-I-K-E, Hike Healthy Podcast. You got to have a little breath in between there. It won't work. This podcast is designed to help people be more active, help them take control of their lifestyle. One recent episode featured a hike on the streets of Chicago, a place I know you and your wife love to visit. Yes, we do. I listened to a little bit of that. Uh, Paul um, loved it. Heard the sounds of the city, uh, some music that you played in there. Cool thing. One highlight of the episode is a wonderful visit with one of the panhandlers named Willie Mann. I invite you to listen to it if you have time. Thanks for all you've done for me to help me become one of your success stories. And the address for the podcast is hike healthy.com. Well, congratulations, Paul. Love what you're doing. Um, you've got a lot of variety. It sounds like in your podcast and I wish you well as you grow that. Now this comes from Daryl. Now Daryl's a young guy and he sent me a note. He said, I know that people probably, well, he said, I want to address well, let me just skip down here a little bit. Sorry about that. Daryl says, I recently turned 30. And like many people, I was initially anxious about it. But I found a fresh, bizarre solution to deal with my anxieties and embrace the life that you encourage us toward each week. It deals with many of the themes you address concerning age, career, and legacy. Given that you're a man of rhetoric and vivid imagery, I think you will appreciate my newfound zeal and excitement. I made a short film to chronicle my journey. Now I watched Daryl's video and he, he titles it chapter two, making the absolute most of 30 and beyond. So he sees up until 30, the first chapter of his life. Now he's starting the second chapter. I have rarely seen somebody 30 years old who is as thoughtful and intentional about starting this next chapter of his life. He's got some amazing thing. I mean, the, the, the video is astounding. I'll put a link to it in the, the show notes for today, but it, it's just astounding. It's seven minutes long. I'm going to play you the last five seconds of it here in a second. But in there, Daryl says in my teens, I gazed at the stars in my twenties. I reached for the stars in my thirties. I will touch the stars and embrace the life and purpose that has been set aside for me. Isn't that a great overview of starting your journey at 30? Here's the very end clip of Daryl's video. 30 is here, ready or not. The decade of ignition, the decade of action, the decade of boldness, the decade of flight. And I intend fully to respond. Now that's a video done by a 30 year old guy with no other purpose than just to document his transition from the twenties into the thirties. I mean, I can't wait to see what this next decade is going to hold for him. I, I love looking at our life in terms of seasons. I mean, we, we ought to be intentional about starting a new season in our life. And one of the decades is a great time to do that. Great time to do that. Well, Daryl, I commend you on, on what you did with that love, love hearing your story about that. You know what? I'm going to, I'm going to break there. I've got more, more stories I'd love to share, but I'm going to go ahead. Well, you know what we need? We need to pull up here. Oh, we need to pull this up. We don't want to forget this. We need to have a little queen in here. But with that, I am going to go on, move on. Thanks for your success stories. If you got one you want to share here, just shoot it to me at askdan at 48days.com. 
or you can go to 48days.com site. Click on the podcast link and put it in there and it'll come right to Maven. We love hearing those stories about people who are taking action. And that's really what it is. We can provide all the information in the world. You can go to any library or listen to podcasts, get lots of information. That still doesn't separate you from the crowd. It's those who take action who are going to make a difference. Those are the ones that end up creating a success story. We want to hear yours. Chanel says, Dan, thank you for your work in your book and podcast. Great work. Second, what a great online community you've made available to us. Thank you. Now, she's referring to the 48days.net community. Uh, We're just approaching 15,000 people there. If you are not yet a part of that community, check it out. And there's no, no membership fee. It's just a place for you to share resources and ideas. And people do exactly that. They're people who are sharing things, learning from others, and accelerating their own process of success. Well, Chanel says, my situation, my husband and I have wanted to move out of Phoenix and set up and, and up to Seattle for years. Well, we saw an opportunity for us to finally move, and we took it. After my husband completed a training program, he got a web development job in early August through his university program with a warm lead. I thought, well, I'm a seasoned professional and information technology with a great and diverse background. How hard could it be to get a job up there? Well, it has been, and I'm stressed. In August, we spent three weeks on vacation in Seattle, finding, applying for jobs, networking, getting a household set up, etc. My husband has our oldest daughter, four years old, with him in Seattle. His move up there has taken a solid portion of our savings. I'm in Phoenix with our youngest daughter, 20 months preparing to move, replacing our savings and still working at my current job until I do find something there. I'm scared and don't feel comfortable leaving my job without a signed job offer as my husband's position will not cover the expenses of living in Seattle. I've read your books. I've followed the company research suggestions, the resume, the cover letter, networking, contacting everyone I know that might have a contact in Seattle, et cetera. I'm working with a recruiter in Seattle. He said the hiring managers have an inner circle of managers that they work in and getting in is tough. Here's my question. I've been applying for tons of positions that would be a great fit, but not getting a single call, plenty of rejections. How do I break into that inner circle? How do I present my resume to Seattle hiring managers when I'm in Phoenix to make that wow impression? I don't even know how to find out who the hiring managers are, these medium to large size companies, let alone requesting to meet or speak with them. I didn't see in your book how to handle the remote job search from one city to another. I don't mind calling hiring managers or decision makers, but how do I find them? Am I being terribly impatient? Did I miss something in your writings? Please, I need your wisdom and counsel. Thank you. Well, Chanel Galloway, it sounds like you're in an exciting transition. Wow, you need to get a resolution of this, having a husband and one daughter in Seattle and you and another one in Phoenix is not a good long-term plan. I agree. You need to resolve this quickly. I hate it that you're so close to the wire that you you know, can't make the leap, can't get up there and get settled and then look for a job there. And frankly, I would encourage you to do that. Even if it's tight, I think you're going to feel more at peace, peace about the whole process. If you do go ahead and get there, especially since your husband is already there. Now, it's not really a challenge to do a job search from one city to another. I mean, that's not unrealistic at all. I mean, the only thing that's even a consideration in the process would be face-to-face interviews. But everything leading up to that, the communication, the resume, even a phone screening, I mean, those are things that can take place with you being across 
the state or across the country or around the other side of the world. So that's not really an issue. The issue is why are you not getting responses at all? Why do, are you not getting people that want to talk to you? Now, if you are in information technology, you have the liberty to you do some things that are very innovative and creative. So I'm going to put in the show notes a link to creative resumes where it goes through 30 resumes that are just done in a very creative way. The first thing you need to do is make your resume so intriguing, make it pop out so much that it's going to set, be set apart from the 200 other resumes that are going to be coming in this week. So I'm going to give you some examples here in the link that I'm going to put in the show notes where you can find resumes that are attention getting. Now, do I think a resume is going to be the key to getting you a job? No, but it opens the door to interviews. And right now you're not even getting interviews. So you need to look at your resume again. We can look at the sequence of events that need to happen for you to get a new opportunity. And if you're not getting interviews, then your resume is not working well for you. Something in there is not appealing enough for people to think, Hey, I'd love to have this gal on our team. So go back and revisit it, but look at some of the creative examples. Start with that again as the first part. And I think you can very quickly propel yourself into new opportunities. We have a lot of examples that you hear about on here about how people have, you know, wrapped their resume around an ear of corn and then done a takeoff on that, you know, shucks, you know, I'm sure you think this is corny. Just lend me your ear. I mean, those kind of things. I mean, certainly you can do that. There's lots and lots of examples of how to do that. Don't be afraid to be creative in this process, especially since you've been using a very traditional process and things haven't happened for you. Now's the time to break out of the mold, do something extraordinary. Craig says, Dan, I have a business idea that reminds me of your past businesses of selling advertising space to business and address books. I'm trying to figure out if it would be viable. Um, let me move on down. He says concept. It would be an advertising company that pays college students to wear advertisements on their laptops backpacks, apparel, autos, etc. I think it would be a win-win for all parties. The college students get some needed extra money. The advertisers get to generate or penetrate the college campuses in their area with their message and offers. And I would be generating more income for my family. Problem is that I'm trying to find out how to bring the advertisers message to the college campuses. Would I put the ads on a, on like a big sticker to put on these laptops? Would I make t-shirts for the advertisers with their information then have the students uh, where those, I like the overall concept just because I like your old address book business. I think I could knock out a project in a short period of time, then move on to the next. Any thoughts? Well, th this is really a wide open territory. I like your concept, Craig. I really do. There's a lot of innovative things being done there. I mean, just a quick search is going to show you some of the innovative things. I've talked a lot about auto wraps. I love that concept where you're paid to have a big decal on your car in essence, but it's usually an auto wrap where it pretty much covers the entire painted surface. And they're going to look at your traffic patterns to see how valuable that is. Now it's not big bucks, but there are people making three, $400 a month from having an auto wrap on their car, depending on what their traffic patterns are. Yes, that would be a possibility. Having t-shirts printed and paying students $10 a day to wear those. That's something that's been done a lot They're One of the hottest things, right now, which seems a little extreme is having people get company tattoos. Now there's some uh, pretty um, weird and unhealthy examples. You can find really quickly of that, you know, where a gal was paid $10,000 to have a company logo tattooed on her forehead. Now that's a pretty extreme decision for $10,000. Another guy 
was raising money for a medical operation and he has porn sites tattooed all over his face. Now he's trying to get those removed. He's trying to raise money to get those removed because it's pretty embarrassing to actually have those tattooed on his face. So there are things that are being done. There's a company I heard of recently that offered a 15% pay increase on the spot to anyone who would put the company trademark on their body. Now it wasn't a big name and I I frankly have forgotten what it was. I could research that, but, and it was surprising that a full 5% of their workforce, you know, that which meant like 40 employees volunteered to do that for a 15% pay raise. Now it didn't make them do it on their forehead or their cheek. They could put it in a very inconspicuous space, but it still is a pretty strong branding message to have the company logo tattooed on you somewhere. So there are a lot of things that you could do like that. When you say that you could just kind of move in and out, uh, I'm not sure that I see that as being an in and out kind of thing. I think this would require ongoing maintenance where if you took one university, like depending on where you live and I don't know where that is, but if you, I uh, don't have that here. But anyway, if you live near the Ohio State University where I went to school, big, big campus, I mean, you could just continue to work that where you helped advertisers get exposure on campus. Yeah, that could be stickers for the front of laptops. It could be bags that they carried like retail stores are notorious for doing. I mean, that's added advertising when you're walking down the street carrying a Macy's bag in Chicago because you've been at Macy's early on or American doll or whatever, American girl. I mean, those kind of things. I mean, certainly companies are always looking for unique ways to get their branding message out. I think you could take one campus and just continue to work it as an ongoing basis. I think that would be more effective to deepen your relationships with advertisers and with opportunities to have inroads on the campus than it would be to try to go from campus to campus. But I like your idea. Yeah, get, get creative with what you could bring to the table there. I think there's a lot of potential in that. All right, Richard says, how does a person wish to increase their levels of success deal with social anxiety? I've tried several different programs and I put myself in a lot of uncomfortable situations, but I still struggle with a a feeling of dread before I speak with someone new, especially if there's someone really talented or respected. This is especially bad because I know that connecting with successful people is so important, but one interaction can destroy me sending me into an unproductive spiral for a day or more. I've been working on defeating this problem for so long. It feels like a hopeless battle. Is this something I can leave behind me or am I going to be sailing into the wind the rest of my life? Well, as I mentioned in the opening, sailing into the wind is a healthy kind of thing. It stretches our muscles. It helps us seek new opportunities for solutions. So that's a good thing. You don't want to just, if you go with the wind, go with the tide, go downstream, I mean, those things, you're not going to produce any new growth. So, so that's okay. And don't try to erase that feeling totally. However, I really empathize with what you're talking about, the kind of social anxiety where your palms sweat and you get red in the face. But, but I, I really, now I'm not sure what programs you've been through. What I would recommend is the Dale Carnegie Human Relations Program. That's the very first one wonderful, wonderful time-tested program out there about how to be more comfortable, how to present your ideas with confidence. The other, of course, is Toastmasters. Same principles. It's an ongoing weekly kind of thing. You show up very low cost and you can participate in that, but get more used to presenting your ideas with confidence. 
in many ways, what you describe, and I think does require lots of practice. I mean, I grew up as a, a shy little Mennonite kid. We were taught to stay out of the limelight, stay behind the scenes. You would never draw attention to yourself. And so when I started having opportunities to teach and to be in front of kids and I got a teaching assistantship when I went back from my master's degree, where I was expected to walk in front of a room full of psych introductory psychology students. I mean, my gosh, in those classes, you know, I'd have 80, a hundred students and walked in as this green kid terrified, but I just kept doing it until it became more comfortable. Now on Thursday, September 11th, depending on when you're listening to this, it's certainly after that. But on September 11th, I'm going to have a guest post as my blog on 48days.com by Dr. Clark Gaither. He did an amazing job that I asked him, I asked, he, he did an amazing response in our coaching mastery program. And I asked him to develop that into a blog that I could post on how to tell people the fees that you're charging for coaching. Now that's the focus, but he developed the principles by being a physician where he often had to tell people bad news. When you walk into a room and you're going to tell mom and dad that their child has an incurable disease, what do you do in terms of physicality to make that work? And he talks about lean forward slightly when you lean back or you avert your gaze and don't look at somebody. It really conveys your lack of self-confidence so you can do those. Those are things you can practice doing. And when you're telling somebody something, if you put your arm up on the table with your palm down, it says in essence, Hey, I'm with you in this. I'm ready to get engaged. So those are things you can learn how to do things like that. I mean, our physical body language has a lot to do with how comfortable we are. It both is very telling to other people in terms of what social anxiety we have, but it also can relay confidence and you can lead your way by acting into feeling different. Now we, we could drop right into a rabbit hole in psychological dynamics here. And I'd love to do that, but I really do believe that we don't just have to wait on our feelings. A lot of times people, how can I change my feelings? Well, I believe we can act our way into new behavior and new feelings so if you are anxious, you can act confident and your feelings will start to catch up with you. Now, just, just in saying that reminds me of some of the interaction I used to have with, you know, college freshmen back in those days when I was a teaching assistant at Ohio state university and we'd have somebody walk into the room, you know, Oh man, down in the dumps, their shoulders slumped, their chin is on their chest. You know, they drop down in a chair and it's like, Hey dude, what's up with you? Oh man, it's just a crappy morning. You know, get up on the wrong side of bed. Really? Why don't you go back to your dorm room, get in bed and try a different method of getting out. If you get out, I don't care if you've got a bellyache or a hangover from the night before. If you pull your shoulders back, pull your head up, put a smile on your face, a spring in your step. You know what? By 10 o'clock, you're going to start feeling better no matter what's going on. And everybody else around you is going to be feeling better because of how you present yourself. We can act our way into feeling better. Well, again, you've got a, a unique uh, question, certainly one shared by a lot of people, and I'm confident you can improve. It's not an overnight thing, but you can improve on that, Richard. Just get better and better and better and decrease and decrease your social anxiety. Great question. Thanks for sharing here. Well, this comes from... Uh, 
Alisa DiLorenzo. Alisa and Tony have a wonderful podcast called One Extraordinary Marriage that I listen to, recommend it a lot. One Extraordinary Marriage. They're active in the 48days.net community. Tony heads up one of our groups, the DIY Publishing Group, Do-It-Yourself Publishing. He heads that up. They've been active participants in the community for a long time. And um, Tony says, when you interviewed me, we discussed using royalty pictures for e-publishing. This is key on all areas of content, as you know. Now, if you've been listening to, to this online radio show for some time, I shared some time ago that I got a legal letter, you know, suing me for like $3,800 for a, a photo that I had used on a blog that I had about three years ago. Very innocent mistake. It's just one of those things. There's so many photos out there, you know, and as you're more visible, you become targets for attorneys who don't have anything better to do than to spend their time scouring around to find these kind of situations. Uh, that's another story. But anyway, uh, Tony's saying recently, I just found a new stock photo site called dollar photo club. I want you to check it out as you get access to millions of stock image photos for a dollar each. It says a recent article I published using one of the images I found on the site and one extraordinary marriage.com. He got from that site. Well, I did go there, Tony and Elisa. I love that. I love the look of it. I've already pulled some photos from that. Yeah, a dollar a piece. I mean, what a deal. I usually use iStock photo. Uh, there's Getty images. I mean, there's a lot of free things out there, but you still have to be careful how you use those. I purpose per, personally, I like paying some kind of a fee. So I know I've got it in writing that I purchased the rights to use that in a blog or newsletter. And then of course, some will use in books. That's a different kind of licensing structure. But anyway, I'll put a link to that. The link to the dollar photo club looks like a great new site. Thanks so much for the recommendation. Well, just a reminder there. You got a question? You hear us talking here about questions. If you got a question, you can shoot one in. Just go to 48days.com site. Click on the podcast link. You can leave your question there, or you can just shoot an email directly and ask Dan at 48days.com. Love to put you in the roundup here. Love these questions that come in each week. Always things that I couldn't dream up. You know, I feel bad for people who are podcasting who have to just dream up content every week. Now, I could do that because I, I read a lot. I go through lots of books and magazines and online resources. So I always have a lot of content that I could just put together and create content. But um, sometimes it seems like people who are doing podcasts are struggling to create content. Um, I don't have that issue here because I got into this format right out of coming off of six years on terrestrial radio, WWTN, a hundred thousand watt station here in Nashville. So I was used to having live callers and all we did was just transition into an online format here. So I continue to get lots and lots of questions. Love this process. Love being able to screen through those. Again, I apologize it, when, if you submit questions, these great heartfelt questions and we don't get to them, but it's just kind of the nature of the beast. Again, that's why we're going to add these two teleseminars that we're going to do in the 48days.com slash countdown process. So jump in there. We'll be able to cover some more there. Jody says, thank you. Thank you for sending your emails each week. I've been down this week because I had to quit a new business adventure where it looked like, look, I ended up looking like I was spending lots of money and not making anything in return. 
I've been going through your materials that you sent to me in your book, The Rudder of the Day. I decided that my sidetrack of selling office furniture was taking me off course because I was losing lots of money without hope of making any for years to come. I quit. I hate quitting. Probably because of that very phrase, winners never quit, quitters never win that you mentioned. But now I'll have more time to redirect my focus appreciatively, Jody. She's a lead green associate doing architectural interior design work. Well, what about that deal? Is it every time to quit? You know, in the podcast or not in the pod, in the brainstorming session that I did with Michael Hyatt, we talked about that because he, in one of his brand new videos says that 99% of people who try to build a platform will fail. Ouch. 99% of people who try to build a platform will fail. What does that mean? Does that mean then that you start an online business or you start a little lawn mowing business or you start a grocery delivery service and you just keep going and going and going and going? Well, if a lot of people fail, that means at some point they just threw up their hands or they, they just agreed this is not working. I'm going to move on to something else. When do we know it's time to quit? I talked about that recently. I use for the most part. Now every situation is different, but I use for the most part a year. If you've been working on an idea for a year and you're not generating significant monthly income, then I would question whether it really has a potential. If it does, what's, what's gone wrong? Have you not been able to devote the time to it that you should? Is it really an idea that has merit that has potential or should you draw a line in the sand and quit? But now here's the deal. Quitting doesn't mean that you go back down and start over again. It never does. You will never be able to take away, erase the learning that took place for you in that process. Even if it's a colossal failure in the eyes of everybody around. And I really don't even like to use that word failure. You know, failure is just a stepping stone to success. That's how we get there. We go up those steps and some of those steps are named failure. Step on them anyway and keep going. But there are times when you need to decide this is not a direction that's really paying off. And instead of continuing to invest my time and energy in this direction, yeah, I'm going to draw a line in the sand and I'm going to redirect. I mean, I love the way entrepreneurs tend tend to think and work. We hear that old crap, you know, from the government that, gee, eight out of 10 businesses fail in the first four or five years. Well, what does that mean? Now, even, even with, like with, with Michael Hyatt saying 98% of people who try to build a platform will fail. That doesn't mean they never try again. That means they learn from that. They redirect, they do something else and boom, get success much quicker because of what they learned in that first attempt. Same thing is true with entrepreneurs. I see guys who start, you know, lawn mowing service. Well, after a year of doing that, they realize, geez, there's a lot of competition because there's no barrier to entry. Anybody can run by Home Depot, put a $500 lawnmower on your Home Depot credit card. And you're, you're a landscaper. You're in business. What do you do to set yourself apart? You may discover, wow, I've got a lot of these really great customers. But instead of just doing their mowing, which anybody can do, what if I started doing stamped concrete sidewalks? What if I started doing gazebos? What if I started adding water features? And all of a sudden you decide, geez, it's hard to leverage. 
mowing yards, it's hard to really be that distinctive that you can charge more. So I'm forced to the bottom with everybody else in that. I'm going to start doing water features, gazebos and stamped concrete sidewalks, rock and roll. And all of a sudden you got a new business. What does that look like to the government? Well, the old business failed. Well, sure it did because you got smart enough to move on to something else. I mean, that's what quitting looks like. And Jody, it sounds like that's exactly what you're doing. Well, let me grab one more here. This comes from Jim. Hi, Dan. I have a question regarding your recent challenge. I would propose that if you commit to reading and listening to positive materials for 30 days, 30 minutes a day for six months, you can expect to double your income. Now that's a challenge that a whole lot of you have responded to. I love it. You don't need to do anything official with me to register. We know the timeline. It's going to end about the middle of February, right? When we're going to be off on the ultimate advantage cruise, boy, that'd be a great way to reward yourself for doubling your income. Join us on that cruise. Um, check that out. Incidentally, Michael and Gail Hyatt are going to be with us on that Rory and AJ Vaden. They'll be speaking as well. Uh, Rachel and uh, Chris McCluskey will be speaking on that. We're going to have a stellar lineup of presentations in addition to just having a great time on sea, like we always do. But anyway, Jim says I'm in the field of education and doubling one's income in this area could be quite a challenge. I feel like reading books and attending seminars would help me be a more effective educator. However, I'm not sure my income would rise more than the yearly cost of living increase. I'm interested in increasing my income through a side adventure. What books, magazines, blogs, activities, etc., would you recommend for someone who's trying to determine a side business or even a second career? I'm at a loss in determining what else aside from education that I want to do with my life. Thanks, Dan. Well, Jim, the good news is you don't have to change from education. Stay in education, but the educators I know who really get attention are people like Tony Campolo, you know, people who still teach in university settings, but my goodness, they've made a name for themselves by developing a brand, a reputation, an audience where they write, speak, teach, they create audio products, instructional manuals, you know, New York Times bestselling books. I mean, that's a way to leverage your unique area of expertise. So there are a lot of ways to leverage what you're doing. Now, all the way down to in No More Mondays, I write about a guy named Jim Hodges, a real guy who came out of the military, had been an educator previous to his military experience. And he thought, what could I do now that I'm going to come out? And he thought, well, I need to go back into teaching. I'm not real thrilled about what I hear is happening in the classrooms these days, but I need to get back into teaching. And his wife asked him one night that fateful question, Jim, if money were no object, what would you do? And Jim says, well, I'd sit around the house all day and read old history books. And what's that have to do with creating an income? Well, guess what Jim does? He sits around the house all day and reads old history books a little more developed than that, but that's really what he does. And in doing so, he brings to life the old history stories, old books that are in the public domain, but are rich history stories that kids need to know about. And he creates audio products for primarily the homeschooling industry. And in doing so, he and his wife have fun traveling around to about eight or 10 different homeschooling conferences. And he makes well in excess in excess of a hundred thousand dollars a year. I know that for a fact he shares his figures with me and he is doing extremely well, but doing something in education, but totally different from what he expected that he was going to go into. Well, Hey, we are wrapping up already out of time. Thanks for being part of this 
great adventure that we're on. Remember the, the challenge we got coming up. Go to 48days.com slash countdown. You'll see that new opportunity, the new group that we're going to have there of those of you who take action to participate in this October 1st to November 18th countdown where you're going to be crystal clear in what you're going to do rolling into the new year. You know, it's interesting. We're going to do the follow-up on that on November 18th. That puts us right on top of the timeline where we then have 48 days until the beginning of the new year. So that's another kind of benchmark. We'd love for you to be part of that. 48days.com slash countdown. $48 for 10 hardback books. Share them with none of your friends. Be a hero to them and create your own little group where you can encourage each other in this process of a countdown. They are quotation for today. Remember that? John Steinbeck, it is the nature of man to rise to greatness if greatness is expected of him. Love that thought. Expect greatness of yourself and of those around you. That way we all do accelerate our own path to success and that of those around us. Thanks for being part of this community where we are, in fact, finding or creating work that is purposeful, meaningful, and profitable.